Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Welcome to the Caixin Seneca Business Brief, brought to you by SubChina. Each week, we bring you a roundup from the world of business in China from Caixin, China's authority on business and financial news, as well as interviews with Caixin Global reporters and editors. I'm Kaiser Guo from the Cynical Podcast. And I'm Ada Shen in Paris. First, our weekly review of business stories from Caixin. In regulation, seeking to rein in risk, Beijing is in a flurry with new policies to place controls over the country's notoriously wily financial markets. In one new step, China's banking regulator has rolled out new rules for the so-called policy banks, that's the Agricultural Development Bank, the China Development Bank, and the Export-Import Bank. These are banks that do Zhongnanhai's government-directed lending to accomplish policy goals. Two main concerns were really driving the new rules. One was complaints that the policy banks were enjoying government support while actually playing competitor to commercial banks, and secondly, concerns about risk. And so the new rules more narrowly define the lenders' roles in China's financial system and require them to strengthen their governments and establish capital restraint mechanisms. In diplomatic news, Panama opened its first-ever embassy in China last week, with Panamanian President Juan Carlos Varela and Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi overseeing the inauguration in Beijing. The opening comes five months after the two countries established formal diplomatic relations. As part of the move, Panama has severed diplomatic ties with increasingly lonely Taiwan. In business, online retailer JD.com reported its best-ever quarterly results with net profits of $200 million, marking a turnaround from the significant loss it reported for the same period last year. This, despite its struggles to hold on to merchants that it claims are getting strong-armed by a certain rival e-commerce company, a company JD refused to identify by name, but which everyone in the world knows, of course, is Alibaba. In July, JD said this completely mysterious rival of theirs was demanding exclusive partnerships from sellers, forcing them to abandon JD. It was not reported, but we can only assume that JD may resort to hiring a private investigator to find out who this inscrutable and mysterious adversary might be. In a major leadership reshuffle, investment in aviation conglomerate HNA Group removed the head of its tourism unit, which runs the company's flagship Hainan Airlines. Xin Di was ousted as chairman and chief executive officer of HNA Tourism Group and as a board member, according to an internal notice by HNA. 
Shin's profile page was deleted from the company's website. A person close to the matter said this was probably the most severe step H&A had ever taken involving a senior executive. H&A rarely fires high-ranking executives and instead usually transfers them to other positions after several months of training, the source said. U.S. chipmaker Qualcomm is continuing its aggressive expansion in China with a string of new investments. At the end of Donald Trump's visit to Beijing earlier this month, the company announced it had signed $12 billion in deals with leading Chinese smartphone makers Xiaomi, Oppo, and Vivo. And last week, Qualcomm said it is investing in nine Chinese startups, including artificial intelligence unicorn SenseTime Group and bike-sharing firm Mobike. The company said the deals will span big data, AI, and the Internet of Things, IoT, among other areas. And on Friday, Qualcomm, China Mobile, and Shenzhen-based telecom giant ZTE said they had jointly reached a milestone in 5G network deployment, demonstrating a key technology that allows multi-gigabit-per-second data rates at significantly lower latency than 4G networks. Sounds pretty exciting. And finally, Northeast China's largest dairy producer has asked its lawyers to begin liquidation of the heavily indebted company months after acknowledging that it had four billion U.S. dollars of debt. The request marks the beginning of the end for Huishan Dairy, whose dramatic saga has involved a record-breaking stock drop, a vanishing vice president, and tens of thousands of rented cows. But no time to elaborate. We've got to be moving on. Thanks, Ada. Let's turn now to some of Caixin Global's editors and writers for a deeper dive into some of this week's major stories. First up is Purnima Wirasekara, editor at Caixin Global. Purnima, good to have you back with more from your bad news beat. I know that you tend to cover people who are marginalized and too often overlooked, and we definitely appreciate that. So this week, you looked at a child abuse scandal that's been all over Chinese social media. Can you give us the background on this? So on the same day that Trump arrived in China, another piece of news was going viral and creating a mass outcry across the country. And that was this incident of child abuse at a nursery run by C-Trip, China's largest online travel agency. Parents had discovered that more than 100 children had been in the care of abusive teachers at this nursery. Angry parents had leaked video clips of a child being slapped across her face and another child who was pushed by a teacher and who went and knocked her head on the edge of a table. And then there was another video clip that showed a teacher sitting and locking a little boy between her legs and smearing a greenish paste on his face and mouth while the child cried. And the child had later told the parent that it tasted like spicy poison. And the parent on grounds of anonymity told us that it could possibly be wasabi that was um, given to many children just to make them afraid, just to make them listen to what the teachers were saying. So all these things basically threatened to break the Chinese internet and was even a much more bigger trending topic than Trump's visit. So you can see that this particular case really touched a raw nerve with the Chinese public. And it has been trending for almost three or four days. And then now it's subsided after the local police launched an investigation. And they have now detained the head of the nursery as well as two other teachers. The CEO of C-Trip has publicly apologized for their inability to monitor the daily operations at this center. So this was huge, huge news. So this is the on-site daycare for the U.S.-listed Shanghai-based online travel giant C-Trip. Is, is that correct? So yes. 
C-Trip happens to be one of the few companies, private companies in China that tried offering daycare services to its employees. So this particular center was solely for the staff at C-Trip. And um, that has actually made the issue worse because many parents have found it very difficult to come out and talk against their employer. However, the company has promised counseling for both parents and children and even offered to pay the medical bills for the children to have full checkups after it emerged that some children went home with scratches in their ears and all kinds of other, you know, unexplained bumps and bruises. Purima, why do you think this particular case touched such a raw nerve in China? It's because this issue of abuse at daycare centers and even kindergartens has been a hushed up issue, but it's a very widespread problem. There aren't any regulations or national standards when it comes to governing daycare centers. Nobody, neither the Ministry of Education nor the Ministry of Women and Child Welfare, no one's directly responsible for governing these so-called nurseries or daycare centers. So they really operate in a gray area. And there aren't any standards on what kind of educational qualifications the teachers should have, whether they should even have certain, you know, a flu shots or certain immunization. So parents are at the mercy of private companies that want to capitalize on this huge demand for childcare services as more and more mothers go to work. This doesn't sound to me like a, a one-off thing, but more like something that's part of a much larger problem. How widespread is abuse at childcare centers in China? The C-Trip incident is really just the tip of the iceberg. It's just something that brought out a hidden, ugly truth about what's happening in most of these unregulated daycare centers, mostly run by private companies. As I said, there are no standards or requirements for who gets employed in one of these, what kind of qualifications they need to have. Now, the center affiliated to C-Trip was apparently run by a private company that was recommended by the Shanghai Women's Federation. Now, the Women's Federation is a government-backed NGO that has been promoting women's rights and children's rights for decades. And if the operator that was recommended by this organization turned out to be so bad, you can only imagine the standards of private companies that are offering daycare services. So there has been a huge outcry. And this has been an issue for years. And every year, there is some kind of recommendation when communist party delegates meet every March, but usually proposals on this issue on regulating kindergartens and daycare centers just fall through the cracks, because a lot of people don't see this as a priority. But now, given the huge backlash from the public, perhaps we might finally see some concrete regulations next March. Well, thanks a lot, Purnima, and we'll be following how this develops and, and see what happens next March, as you say. Moving on to our next story, let's turn to Coco Feng, business reporter for Caixin Global. Coco, it's uh, mighty chilly there in Beijing, but I hear now that there's an app for that. Uh, I, I'm looking at a headline that reads, Apple says software fix will help iPhone X survive winter. I guess we can infer that this product, which is you know, designed in sunny Cupertino, California, is having some uh, trouble dealing with the frigid weather of the North China Plain. So um, Apple launched the iPhone X earlier this month, but some users, including from China, found that uh, there are some screen problems. And Apple admitted part of the screen problem, which is users found the screen will become unresponsive in cold weather. And Apple said they will solve it through um, updating software. But for the other part that um, some users found that there's a little green line along the edge of the screen. Apple stayed silent after we asked the questions twice in different channels. 
Uh, so they replied to your cold calls about this cold issue, but um, with the green line thing, they're they're just not responding at all, huh? Uh, you reached out yourself. Yeah. Uh, so in first in the email, I asked questions including unresponsiveness and the green light both, but they only touched the responsive part. And then secondly, in the WeChat uh, message, I separately asked about the um, update on green line issue, and they didn't respond to that message. So you're confirming for us right here on the Caixin Seneca podcast that you got ghosted by the Apple PR team, eh? <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll check back in with you in a couple of weeks to see whether all the issues have been fixed. Does that sound good? <laughs> sure. Well, thanks, Coco. Thanks, Kaiser. All right. That's this week's show. Thanks for joining us. Drop me an email at kaiser at subchina.com with your feedback. The Caixin Seneca Business Brief is powered by SupChina and is produced, recorded, and edited by Kaiser Guo with stories from the staff of Caixin Global. Thanks, of course, to Ada Shen. Special thanks to Li Xin and Tanner Brown of Caixin Global and to Spring and Autumn and Wu Fei for the music. Be sure to check out the Seneca Podcast, the current affairs show that I host with Jeremy Goldcorn, and follow the news from China every day at SupChina. Sign up for our free email newsletter at subchina.com. Take care.